With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast presented by Reality Sports Online. My name is Kyle Yates, and I am your host, and I am joined, as always, by Trevor Sykema. He can be found on Twitter at Tampa Bay Trey. Trev, did you do another, like, fair catch drill? You do anything right there at the intro? No, I was very animated with my hands, but uh, I, I didn't do anything specific. I got to keep you guys on your toes. For everybody who watches on YouTube, I got to kind of, like, give them little reasons to come back and actually watch the video format. So I figured I'd just randomly do the fair catch thing. Uh, everybody who caught it last episode, there you go. You got the first one. So I we, we can't see each other the way that we're recording with our setup. So I went back and watched on YouTube, and I watched, like, the first, you know, 30 seconds of it. And I was like... I texted Trevor. I was like, what the F did you just do? <laughs> <laughs> I had to start it with a little fair catch drill, you know, uh, special teams. I loved, it. I loved it. I loved it. Well, hey, uh, before we get into this is an exciting episode for me. We are now getting into our summer scouting, looking ahead to the 2022 NFL draft. That feels weird to say. I feel like 2021, I'm not fully out of it. Still feels like it's 2020. It always instances. does, dude. Like, I remember I remember when we were when we were talking about the 2020 NFL draft, and I was like, this isn't real. Like, the world was supposed to, like, end or something, right? Like, we weren't even <laughs> supposed to, like, get to this point. And it always sounds really weird the first couple of times you say it. I guarantee that I'm going to call it the 2021 NFL draft at some point during this series. I guarantee that I will. But we're getting into the quarterbacks here. We're going to take a look ahead at the upcoming class and do it in a fun format here. So we'll get into that in just a minute. Before we do, want to remind everyone about the giveaway that we've got going on, courtesy of our friends at Pristine Auction. This is a Cam Akers signed helmet. And to enter, if you've been listening, you know how, you know the drill. You head over to Apple Podcasts or CastBox, leave a review for this show. Then you head over to fantasypros.com slash dynasty contest, fill out the short form there, attach a screenshot of your review, and you are automatically entered into this giveaway and any future giveaways. Also, if you are a subscriber to our YouTube channel, Trevor talked about the YouTube channel. If you want to see his his uh, openings and uh, eccentricities as, he, as we kick off the podcast, then you head over to YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash fantasypros. You hit that subscribe button. You take a screenshot that you are subscribed to our YouTube channel as well. And you attach that as well to that form at fantasypros.com slash dynasty contest. You get an additional three entries into this giveaway. So make sure that you do that. Additionally, guys, we just kicked off the fantasy pros draft kit. 
What is in the Fantasy Pros Draft Kit? Oh my word, I'm so glad that you asked. Over here, we have amazing tools like our cheat sheet creator. We've got our draft assistant that you can bring right alongside your drafts. A mock draft simulator uh, with customizable settings. Draft analyzer, salary cap assistant, salary cap simulator, a draft order generator. There's a ton of incredible tools here along with the My Playbook Premium. Then we also have some uh, customizable, or I'm sorry, uh, really interesting analyst advice here. Uh, so we've got Mike Taglier's cheat sheets. We've got cheat sheets. We've got custom projections. I went through and did projections for every single team along with player notes. That came out to be around 30,000 words. So if you want to get access to that, you go over to the draft kit. We've got printable PDF rankings. Uh, we've got incredible community here as well. Our Discord. You go over and you get access to our Discord chat here. Not only are you going to be able to have access to Tags, Joe, Dan, and myself, uh, you're also going to be able to talk with other members here of the Fantasy Pros community where you can bounce trade ideas off of. A ton of ton of valuable information here can be found over at the Draft Kit. So all you have to do to get this is head over to fantasypros.com slash draft kit for more information. All right, Trevor, let's go into and let's kick this off. The way that we're going to be doing this is, you know, we could sit down and we could just go through on a bullet list and we can just say like, okay, give me your thoughts on this guy, this guy. But this is a fantasy football podcast, man. Let's right. do it a draft. Let's do it as a draft. So right. what we're going to do here is we are going to just have a little fun. We're going to build a team of five players each, and we're going to do this in a snake draft format. And the purpose of this is to be able to just have some fun and look back next, you know, next offseason and say, OK, where did we hit? Where did we miss? And we're going to talk about these guys as we go through them and draft them. So, Trevor, do you want the number one overall pick or do you want the turn? We're doing like so it's got to be it's snake draft format, right? So like if you, if you pick two, you pick three. Um, we should figure out a way to score this, too. I, I don't know what a good way to score it would be, but like maybe three years from now, if you and I are still doing Ooh. this podcast and we're not billionaires by that point, uh, <laughs> maybe we're doing it for fun. Then, uh, like, wherever they rank in the NFL's, like, top 100 or whatever, I know it's kind of like That'd a flawed be... list, but you know what I'm saying? Like, that, I yeah, feel like yeah. that would be a cool way to maybe just, like, tally up the score and everything. So, all right, I, I'm going to go first. Uh, if you, okay. you are giving me the choice, then I am going to pick first because over at Locked On NFL Draft, the NFL Draft podcast that I do with Benjamin Solak, we just went through our summer scouting series where we talked about a lot of these guys in depth as well. And that's why... I've got to take Spencer Rattler here. Spencer Rattler, the junior quarterback from Oklahoma. Arm talent is a plenty on this dude. And it's just, it feels like he's the next in line in the Lincoln Riley regime there in Oklahoma because you had Baker Mayfield went number one overall. Kyler Murray goes number one overall. And if you're asking me to put money on the line, pride on the line, whatever it is, on one of these quarterbacks that we're going to talk about to go number one overall. I think it's far and away Spencer Rattler. Now, that doesn't mean that it's 100% going to happen. We've seen before that guys come out of nowhere. Joe Burrow did just a couple of years ago. Zach Wilson would have done that if Trevor Lawrence wasn't in his class last year. So we know that it's possible. There's a guy lower on the list who could really rise up, and that's a lot of fun to get to watch. But going into the year, it's pretty clear that I think Spencer Rattler has the most NFL arm, if you will. Now, there are a lot of things that he still has to work on with his game. For one, Oklahoma's offense the fact that they're in the big 12, I mean, it's almost fake football, man. I mean, like they, right. they, they yep. barely even pressure the pocket. I mean, he's got like six or seven seconds to throw the ball. It's just backyard style. There are so many times when Oklahoma is so good that Spencer Rattler just 
Like he'll leave a he'll leave a clean pocket all the time for no yep. reason, as yep. if he just wants to throw on the run to like yep. up the difficulty or something. And there are a lot of times where that where fun and where it's maybe not going to hurt them in the win loss column at Oklahoma in the Big Twelve. It doesn't exactly help his progression as a quarterback. And so this year's a really big year for him as as a first time draft eligible guy. He's got to be able to get a lot better with decision-making, where he's going with the football. He's got to be able to read the field, read defenses better. He doesn't really respect a lot of defenses right now, and go figure, he's got a great arm for it, but it sometimes gets him in trouble. He's got to be able to be in check, respecting defenses in that regard, and he's got to know how to manage a pocket better. But if you're telling me who's got the top overall talent, who could hit the ceiling of a number one overall guy, I think it's Spencer Rattler. Yeah, so Rattler's a ton of fun, and you talk about arm talent for days. There are times where he throws the ball, and it does not look like this is going to travel 30 yards just with this throwing motion, and then suddenly it's 60 yards downfield. Like, it's just one of those most natural throwing motions, arms. He's really, really talented, can create outside of structure. And this is kind of the same concern that I had with Zach Wilson last year. was like, Wilson, you're leaving the pocket way too early. Like, you don't need to leave this pocket. Navigate it, step up, and we see that with Rattler. I'm glad that you mentioned that because in my notes, I have needs to be able to generate more from structure to truly complement this aspect of his game as far as being able to throw on the run. Yep. But all the tools are there for Rattler to be a fantastic fit in a vertical system in the NFL. So yep. that, that's what I've got for Rattler. He is not my QB1, though. I have Rattler at QB2. So I am glad that you went first and I get my choice of two quarterbacks here because I'm taking my... Can I take a guess at who's QB1 for you? Yeah, go ahead. Is it Howell? Do you have Sam? Okay, okay. All right. Yeah, so Sam Howell, quarterback for North Carolina. Uh, I think... He's in the conversation for QB1, absolutely, just based on his tape. A very, very live arm that's able to drive the ball into nearly any window, but then can also flick it downfield. The thing with Howell, when you watch him, you would not expect this type of movability and athleticism with him, but he actually, for as big of a frame as he has, really can move. Uh, Able to break tackles in the pocket well, active feet, good accuracy. I think overall he's a solid prospect that will solidify himself as QB1 if he continues to develop at the rate that he has previously. The The concern is, okay, well, Howell just lost Javante Williams, Michael Carter, right. Daz Newsom, and Deami Brown all from this offense. Now, are the replacements going to be able to help, you know, keep up this, this, uh, this pace here, this trajectory for Howell to continue to develop to be a the QB one in this class. I think he's got all the tools. I think he's got all the traits. I think he can absolutely be there. But if the production takes a dip here in, you know, in this year up in 2021 or 2022, whatever freaking year it is, then I think that we can have that. We can have that narrative. Well, okay. Howell needs the supporting cast to be great around him. Whereas I think that he can succeed. And I think that he helped Deami Brown. I think that he helped Daz Newsom rather than the other way around. Reminds me of Baker Mayfield when I'm watching him. I don't know if you if you kind of got that same vibe, but with Sam Howell when I'm watching him, reminds me a lot of Baker. And we obviously saw that Baker went number one overall in his respective draft. So Sam Howell, North Carolina quarterback here. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, Baker is the is the common comparison with with uh, Sam Howell because you know honestly they look very similar. They've got very similar builds. They're about the same. They've similar height. They've got similar facial features. I mean, I was at the QB retreat a couple of weeks ago out in Los Angeles, and Sam Howell was there, and he was wearing the big sunglasses, like the Baker sunglasses too. So <laughs> he gets it. He knows it. He understands. We actually chatted about that a little bit. But when I see his game, I actually see more like Joe Burrow than I do with Baker Mayfield. Sure. And I think the way that I would explain that is. I think Baker had a better arm than Sam Howell has. I think that Sam Howell's arm is good, and I think that he consistently attacks deep 
So we think to ourselves like, oh, like NFL talent arm, NFL caliber arm. But when you talk about arm talent, it's broken up into two different categories. One is distance. The other is velocity. Distance, you've got to be able to get the ball 50, 55 yards down the field. You just have to. If you cannot do that, you're, you're not a starting quarterback in the NFL. You have to be able to get it there. Now, a lot of different guys can get it there. They can angle their throwing motion. They can, they can kind of like lean back a little bit, throw off the back foot, get a running start, whatever it is. And they can launch the ball at an angle, like a big rainbow ball that will eventually get 55 yards down the field. Velocity is much more of the naturally gifted area of arm strength where you you let that ball go and it fires off the wrist. It is on a frozen rope, if you will. And that's what's really tough to teach. Often that is just that's God given. You know, like that, that that's right. a natural like Trey ability. Lance, that you have. Trey Lance, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. That's right. what we're talking Tyler about. Tyler Murray, these guys where right. it's just like incredible arm talent on velocity throws. Sam Howell and to a point, Joe Burrow. They don't have the best velocity. They have good arms. Yep. I'm not trying to say like it's it's not good enough for the NFL. It is adequate. But I watch Howell attack deep the way that Burrow did. They're also they have some mo- mobility skills, but it's not like they're big weapons with their legs. So yep. I, I saw a lot of similar offensive styles to both of these guys, and that's kind of how I compared it right there. Joe Burrow was number one overall, obviously, because he's got unreal confidence. You know the 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 year the Heisman year that he had was just absolute perfection. But I'm not saying that Sam Howell is destined to go number one overall, but he could be in that category because he puts himself in that same group with Burrow, who was able to do it. So I actually see a lot more Joe Burrow than I do uh, Baker Mayfield with Sam Howell. But really nice player, no doubt. Yeah. All right. So this is the point where I have no idea where you're going to go next. Like where uh, this is kind of where this is kind of where everything just kind of you got the top guys. You got Sam Howell. You got Spencer Rattler, and then there are other very very talented quarterbacks. But as far as the consensus, it's really these two in the top tier. So after this, I have absolutely no idea who you're going to be going next. So I'm just going to go get the guy who I've got at QB3. I'm not going to try to play value here or anything like that. I'm going with Desmond Ritter, the quarterback out of Cincinnati. Oh, I was wondering when you were going to pick him. All right. Okay. So I I love Ritter's tape. Now, he has a lot that he has to still work on, but all the tools are there. And as far as at this point, You've still got a full season for these guys to be able to continue to develop and, and you know, project and stuff like that. So with Ritter, he's got all the tools and I think that he can take that jump there. You know, he's got a cannon of an arm that's almost too strong and he's unaware of like how to fully harness it does struggle with accuracy at all levels of the field, to be honest, and will consistently see balls float up high on him. Uh, he does need to improve in consistency, snap after snap and simply being able to execute the offense but fantastic mobility for his size, 6'3", 215. There is a clip where he has a 91-yard touchdown run against SMU. So this guy can move at his size. And so when you take the arm talent, when you take the mobility, the athleticism into account, these are the type of players that the NFL is now coveting. And I think that if Ritter can continue to develop the way that I think that he can, and he can iron out these little kinks, then we could absolutely be talking about him as a top three quarterback in this upcoming class. Do I think that he takes that kind of jump to get above Sam Howell and Spencer Rattler? I Not right now. I think that we need to see him take a massive jump for him to get there. But if there is a player that we can talk about in the, in the same light of Zach Wilson, of Joe Burrow, of Kyler Murray, these guys that have emerged out of essentially nowhere, and Ritter was kind of on the radar uh, going into before he returned to Cincinnati. But I think this is the guy that I want to keep my eyes on to be able to make that massive jump and to be a potentially top two NFL draft pick next year. So Desmond Ritter here 
as my third overall pick. Ritter is in my top five preseason quarterbacks going into the season, and I really do like him. You mentioned some of the areas that he has to get better. I mean, over the course of his career, you can go back to high school football as well, where he was a standout dual threat guy. He was much more of a consistent weapon on the ground than he was through the air. And it's because his accuracy just straight up was not good enough. He really struggled with accuracy when he was in high school, didn't get a lot of offers coming out because of it ends up committing to Cincinnati. Um, I think he redshirted his first year and then he really started to take over as the starting quarterback after that accuracy again continued to struggle during his early years as a starter at Cincinnati the encouraging part is that this past year was by far his best year when it came to accuracy and ball placement because that's really the only area I mean only there, there are always areas that you can get better but that's the only real major area that's really holding him back because I agree with you. I think he's got a great NFL arm. I think he puts great zip on passes that are short and intermediate. He could hit deep down the field as well. And uh, something I learned from Ben Solak when we were doing the podcast, he is an excellent, excellent trash talker. Apparently he gets in oh, people's face right. and he does his background information and he knows how to play the mind <laughs> games. He said, he said he's like Philip Rivers if Philip Rivers would say cuss words. And so I think oh, that that's right. kind of all like right. the level of trash talk that we're talking about here. He's a competitive dude. And, you know, I think that he really was able to work on his fundamentals and, and, and work on things within structured throws that really helped bump up those accuracy scores and that ball placement last year. And so if that's the direction we're going with Desmond Ritter, I'm encouraged as well. This is a player who during the summer scouting podcast that I was doing, I mentioned as a potential first round pick. And I don't think he's yep. being talked about as that right now. I'm seeing a potential like back end of the first round, kind of a guy maybe in the range that like Paxton Lynch went when people really wanted to bet on his big arm. And so I like Ritter, man. I think the arrow's pointing up for him. Yeah. And Ritter was, you know, in that back end, maybe he goes in the back end of round one if he did enter into this past NFL draft. And I think I do think that he made the right decision going back because he does have some things that he has to iron out. I don't know if he would have made it into the first round. So if he can, if he can continue to develop, then he's got a chance to go early in the first round. Biggest issue with him as a projection standpoint is I think he's going to be at least 24 when his first season oh, comes around as okay. a rookie because he's a redshirt senior. So I believe, I don't know his exact date of birth, but I believe, you know, if you're just doing the math from him being in the 2017 sure. recruiting class, he's going to be 23 this season, 24 probably before his first season as a pro. So you got to look into that as well. People who harp on age, I mean, that's just a note that you can yep. have there. So yep. I, I got two back-to-back -back picks here, right? Yep, go for it. Okay, well, you picked Ritter, and I was wondering if I was going to need to pick Ritter here, um, but you solved that issue for me. So the first guy that I'm going to go with is I'm going to go with Carson Strong, the quarterback from Ooh, Nevada. Right. He is six foot four, 215 pounds, and we don't have a lot of big boys in this recruiting or in this uh, QB class, at least not yet. There's a lot of guys, that, the players that we're going to talk about, they're right around six one, six two, maybe even six foot. Carson Strong is a big dude. I tell you, did you watch? Did you watch him, Kyle? Have you put a lot of yeah, eyes I on did. him yet? He yeah, is, I did. Uh, I was not as big of a fan as you. Oh so. man! So there are there are definitely areas of his game that I think you want to accelerate, especially when it comes to the processing. But yep. he reminds me a lot of Zach Wilson, and that is when he when the ball comes to him in the shotgun and he's sitting there behind the pocket. You've got all the confidence in the world that he's going to make the throw that he needs to make. And he just, the, the the calm, confident demeanor that he has, he definitely needs to work on the lower body mechanics because sometimes it just yep. looks like he, I've got gets that that, written down. he gets that ball in the shotgun and he turns into a, he turns into a, a statue, just a straight statue back there. But the ball often goes where it needs to go. And I think he's got great arm talent. I, I think that uh, I could check those boxes, both with velocity 
and with distance. Man, really, when I watched his tape, I was so encouraged by it. I felt like, man, if you get a if you get a good quarterbacks coach with this guy, I think that you're unlocking a really good quarterback. So the size, I think he's got some escapability to him as well. You fix the fundamentals, I think you're going to get a great quarterback. Yeah, I've got written down that he shows plenty, plenty of promise. Uh, I think that he can take, if he does take the massive step that he needs to, right? Because there are, you mentioned, there are a lot of things that he has to work on. I've got the lower body mechanics. You know, I said that uh, he has a tight and compact throwing motion, which generates plenty of torque on the ball, but he has a tendency to keep his back foot planted and it prevents his hips from rotating fully through. So like he, he does not, I think that that leads to a lot of the accuracy issues, which I noted on tape, you, I think you said that he gets the ball where it needs to go. I would disagree with that just a little bit. I do think that he can continue to develop. Again, that's the part of doing this as summer scouting. We're highlighting the guys that we are, we're taking a little bit of leap of faith on. We're saying like these guys, if they do project, if they do develop the way that we think that they can, then we could be talking about them. So I had Carson Strong a little bit further down my board, but I'm not going to fault you because I do think that he has all the tools to take that massive jump. Man, my guy threw 355 passes last year, and he said 70% completion percentage. What do you want <laughs> from him, Kyle? Okay, so, uh, all right. So, I got Carson Strong here, which means I get to take a player who I am super excited about going into the year. And, and I don't know what the future is going to hold for him, but if last year was a baseline, I think the future is bright. And that is Liberty quarterback Malik Willis. Willis's background is very interesting. Uh, was a dual-threat athlete recruit coming out of high school, initially committed to Virginia Tech to play defensive back because he was such an incredible athlete, but uh, going huge defensive back. Well, uh, well, okay, I I think that he's gained some weight since then. That's that's fair. That's fair. And we'll we'll get to why he's had some time off to maybe just sit in the weight room and get huge. But, you know, going into his senior year uh, of high school, he was committed to Virginia Tech as a defensive back. I believe he led his team to a state championship appearance that year, ended up getting a really late offer from Auburn, and Auburn told him, hey, you can come play quarterback. So he does. He goes to Auburn, uh, sits behind Jarrett Stidham when they got Jarrett Stidham as a transfer there, and so that was kind of expected, so he redshirted that year. The year after that, though, he thought that he was going to kind of compete for the starting job, and that didn't really happen. They got Bo Nix in there and Joey Gatewood, and so Malik Willis really found himself at the bottom of the depth chart decided to transfer after that, goes over to Liberty. And so what we saw last year is Malik Willis's first time star- as a starting quarterback in three years since high school. And that was, you know, at a time when he thought he was going to transfer to play defensive back. So we're looking at a very raw player from the approach of the quarterback position. And when it comes to those X-factor playmaker just going out and making a play kind of situations... Malik Willis does it as good as anybody in college football. I mean, there are some plays where a play breaks down and he's got half a second to make a decision and he goes, okay, uh, that guy 45 yards down the field flicks it with his wrist and it is just pinpoint accurate. There's a, there's a couple of plays where, you know, he would be sprinting towards the line of scrimmage, throwing across his body, going to a guy who's going to his left, and boom, it's just straight on target. And you go, how many quarterbacks in college football can do that? How many? But then you look at a lot of the in-structure things, the consistent play-by-play accuracy, and Malik Willis just is not there yet. He does not have that consistent ball placement, those consistent mechanics. He just doesn't trust how he throws the football right now. When we talk about arm talent with velocity, this dude's got it. I'd put Malik yeah, Willis completely. right behind Spencer Rattler in terms of the best in this class. He has got everything that you were looking for. He is also an incredible weapon on the ground, and that presents a pretty high ceiling for 
where it's not not high ceiling, high floor for where the NFL is going with a lot of these rushing quarterbacks. And so, yeah, if last year was the baseline and we're getting an even better Malik Willis this year, it's a first-round pick, no doubt about it. Before we keep moving with today's episode, I want to take a second and say thank you to Reality Sports Online for sponsoring today's podcast. At this point, most of you have probably heard of Reality Sports Online, the powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team like an NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? It's time to go see what all the buzz in the Dynasty community is about. Everything from free agency, multi-year contracts, a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. Think it sounds complicated? It's not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. Do you think you're among the fantasy elite? Well, this is the platform to test it out. Still not sure? You can test out your general manager skills for free in a mock free agency auction. If you like what you see, use the promo code FANTASYPROS, all one word, to receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. So I'm glad that you brought up Willis because I did want to talk about him. Now, Daniel Jeremiah, I just saw recently that he compared him to uh, Jalen Hurts. And I think that that's actually a pretty accurate comparison here where... Hertz is not exactly the most accurate passer. doesn't exactly thrive within structure. He can't operate within it, but he's still got mm-hmm. a lot of development developing left to do, even in the NFL. And Malik Willis, I got to, I scouted 20 quarterbacks uh, in this class, 21. Nice. And so Malik Willis was at the bottom of my list. And based on everything that I had heard, there's a lot of buzz about him on social media, on Twitter and stuff like that. And I thought that I was going to go in saying, this is my type of quarterback, right? I was all about Trey Lance last year. I thought that Malik Willis was going to be this guy that I, had as QB one and I got into his tape and I went, okay, let's, I was not as impressed as I thought I was going to be. And so with Malik Willis, yes, you are absolutely correct. There are some jaw dropping plays that you're just like, who, who makes this play? Like there are only a handful of players in, even in the NFL that can make this type of play, but then you do get to within the structure, the accuracy, it's just not there. And I think that he is still trying to figure out how he even can harness his arm strength. He's got almost too powerful of an arm. So I want to see touch. I want to see touch on your throws. I want to see you being able to execute the offense within structure to then be able to complement it. It's the same thing with Rattler, like I talked about earlier. Being able to then utilize your athleticism as an additional threat rather than the way that you succeed. You need to be able to win within structure to then complement it with the ability to throw on the run, be able to get out of the pocket, stuff like that. With Willis, he has a lot of development left before we can get to talking about him as a first-round pick. The talent, the traits, it's all there. Completely agree. But we do have a lot of development left to do. So I think this is one of the picks that if we look back on it in a year's time and he does take the steps forward that we thought, then we're going to be looking at your draft pick of him here in the third round and we're going to be saying, man, you got an absolute steal trying to won this draft with this. Or if he doesn't, then we could be looking on it and say like, man, what what could have been with Malik Willis? I think that there's equally a good chance that it goes either way. And, you know, he still has eligibility left after this, too. So it's not like this, sure, it's not sure. like it's a massive make or break year for him. I mean, I, I believe that uh, because of the transfer rules, he's got this year and he's got next year as well if he wanted to have yep. it. So, yeah, there's plenty of time for him to develop. I'm super encouraged about where he's going, no doubt about it. Of the guys that I watched, we have taken the five best arms in this class, I think, yes. at least. that that is we, we appropriately drafted the first five guys when it comes to ceiling of arm talent here. So I'm very intrigued to hear where you're going now with three and four. 
uh, really, really quick before we move on from Willis, mm-hmm. what is did you, have you watched? I mean, you've watched Emory Jones, but have you watched him from a film study? No, and I, I, I didn't really put a lot of time and effort into it because to me, there's not really a point. Uh, he you can't you can't judge him as a starting quarterback. He's never been a starting quarterback. He's right. always been this come in uh, just a, a couple of a couple of plays here and there. And it's like you you can't even. There's no rhythm. There's no game planning. Yep. There's no there's no anything there. And so honestly, for the people who are up on on Emory Jones, one is a as a Florida Gator grad, I salute you. Join the cause. Like we're hoping he's great as well. But I, there's no point in judging him as yeah. a as as even like a draft eligible quarterback right now. You, you we have no idea. It's a complete guess. If you want to bet on him, bet on him. That's that's fine. He's got a lot of talent to him. But we, there's just nothing there. There's not enough. Is is he projected to be the starter this year for Florida? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's kind of those are the two guys that have like a very similar skill set. Willis has more of an arm than Emory Jones, but Jones can still sling it, but very, very raw both ways. So yeah. I think that Emory Jones. Yeah, I just wanted your opinion to see if there was if these guys were even in the same camp, uh, because they they are for me as far as guys that I'm keeping an eye on that could take a massive jump if they do, you know, project the way in that sense. Way. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. All right, so here for me at the 3-4 turn, I'm going to go with my QB4 here. Uh, I'm going to go with Phil Jerkovic uh, out of Boston College. Okay. Uh, so with Jerkovic, he is a a uh, very big quarterback, 6'5", 226 pounds. Yeah, he's a big boy. Uh, uh, but has, again, very similar to Howell, and it's even more to an extent because of his size. He This dude can move. Like, he has a lot of... A surprising amount of mobility to his game able to keep plays alive with his legs and his size to shed off would-be tacklers it's looking like big ben out there like there's a couple of plays on his highlight reel where and it showed up on tape where he's able to just shed tacklers off of him he's just able to stand in the pocket and then he's able to throw it on a freaking rope downfield uh has a rocket of an arm shows good accuracy but has a tendency to let his mechanics get off kilter which forces him to make some errant throws Good base when he has time and willing to stand in and take a shot to deliver the football. There's one clip that I put out on Twitter of him where he just gets absolutely lit up, but delivers the ball accurately. Uh, it's in uh, you know 30 yards downfield. It's incredible. Needs to improve decision-making skills and threw some questionable, questionable balls against Notre Dame. That was one of the games that I watched. If he does iron out these kinks in his games, we could be talking about him in the first round of this upcoming draft. So this is a guy that I'm keeping my eye on because he does have the size that we do know that some NFL talent evaluators are going to value, but then he does bring that mobility that is so coveted here. He's got a rocket arm. I think that he can take some major strides forward this upcoming college football season. So he's a guy that I'm keeping my eye on. Yeah. He's the, he's the old school mold, right? I mean, if you're, if you're still in the under center drop back passer kind of a thing, and not to say that he can't play from the shotgun, he's just not a, 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 a right. huge huge threat from any kind of like rpo play action game right but, right uh you know he's just that old school kind of a guy and if you want you know if you if you want the big quarterbacks then he's gonna be right up your alley i saw people comparing him to big ben ben roethlisberger with, with how he has his size yet he's kind of slippery when you're trying to tackle him and so i could see that a little bit it, it, one year starter and i think he's got a lot of uh room to grow especially i don't know if you watched that unc game but i watched that unc game and like within the first five minutes he set up two of his receivers just like to die like they got absolutely smacked the second the ball came within him and like it's your job as a quarterback of course going over the middle and and catching balls in the flat and everything it's your job as a football player you're gonna get hit you know that but you should also not be so late on throws and be able to right. see defenses a little bit better to not serve your guys up like that. So there's just uh, there's there's some growth that's needed there, but I know the NFL is big on him as well. 
Yep. All right. So let's speed this up here with my fourth pick. I'm going to go with Matt Corral, the uh, quarterback out of Ole Miss. Okay. Uh, so Corral shows uh, good instincts for the position. I think that he's a natural player. Uh, I think that he still has plenty of growing left to do, like a lot of the guys on this list. So he did made some. He did make some very questionable decisions against Arkansas, which was one of the games that I watched. Has a tendency to put the ball in harm's way. This was something that just came up time and time again, where it's like. If your if your wide receiver didn't make that play there, that was going to be an interception. Uh, and again, putting receivers in harm's way, but has an absolute live arm, a natural arm, good touch when throwing deep downfield too. Does need to show more of an ability to hit more of the complex throws uh, than just screens and slants. That's something that is kind of the staple of that offense. I think that he needs to show a little bit more there for me to feel comfortable ranking him higher than where I have him. Uh, good mobility, can pick up yardage with his legs, able to drop the shoulder and throw from multiple arm angles which, you know, is huge with guys that we talk about with the Josh Allens and Patrick Mahomes. These guys that have the baseball background, Kyler Murray, that you are able to drop your shoulder, throw from multiple arm angles. He's still trying to figure it out, though. I think that he needs to be able to harness that a little bit more. So there's still a lot of things that he has to work on, but the NFL is really, really high on this guy. And I think that he can take strides this upcoming Mm -hmm. season to push himself into the first round conversation or at least into the top five. So Matt Corral here, the quarterback out of Ole Miss, as my fourth quarterback. I like Matt, and it, it seems like he's taken a lot of really great strides over the last couple of years at Ole Miss, uh, maturity-wise, on and off the field. He seems like he is super motivated in where he is going, and I like the direction. Uh, the biggest thing that Ben and I talked about on our podcast is it kind of you get the feel when watching him that he he trusts Lane Kiffin a lot. Like Kiffin tells yeah. him, "Hey, we're going yep. to run this play," and we and and Matt Corral just goes okay and like he will execute it to full faith that it's going to work but he maybe doesn't exactly understand why it works like and I think that you could just see that in how he will get locked on to a certain guy or if the defense does something a little bit funky he's not quick to react to it but super competitive uh, very nice with his legs as well can escape the pocket can get you a couple of yards here and there can get a couple first downs uh with his legs I didn't love his arm I mean like I I didn't think that it was terrible or it was going to hold him back from being an NFL player but like some people watch Matt Corral or some people talk to me about Matt Corral like he's got one of the best arms in the class and like I'm I'm I was not there with it maybe he'll right. maybe he's I was a tier he's tape, a tier maybe. below no he's a tier lower for me than the guys that we already mentioned that's yeah. that's what I kind of thought as well so that's kind of where I am for Matt Corral but I agree with you I think the NFL is really big on him and there's a lot of reason to uh, believe that he could take that next step with a lot of confidence that he has so I got two more picks here. Yep, you're ending it out four and five, and then one, I'll have my one, fifth pick. One guy I know for sure, the other one is kind of up in the air, and we'll see who I pick fifth. Uh, the one guy that I know for sure is I'm going to pick JT Daniels uh, from Georgia. Mm-hmm. He is the former five-star quarterback, former high school standout in incredible ways. I mean, he he took over at Matter Day High School in California, and he won the California State Player of the Year as a sophomore quarterback. Unbelievable. No big deal deal at all. He went on to one-up that by becoming Gatorade's first ever National Player of the Year as a junior. So he he not only won the award for his state, then he went and won the award um, uh, at a national level for Gatorade. He also led his team to a national championship there that junior year. Ended up re-enrolling and graduating early so we could go to USC when he got to USC became only the second USC Trojan quarterback to ever start week one as a true freshman played well his first year I mean he played like a freshman you know a very talented five-star kid a lot of a lot of hype around him he threw some touchdowns threw some interceptions but there were things to like there were highlights to like 
Second year goes into it, and it was either that first or second week he has a knee injury, and then it forces him to miss the entire year. What happened that year? Well, Keaton Slovis took over and broke the attempts, yards, and completion percentage record at USC for a first-time freshman quarterback. And so when it came to decision-making for the next season, they chose Keaton Slovis because they didn't know what was going to be with uh, with JT after his knee injury. So JT ends up transferring to Georgia, played decently well in Georgia, but didn't start right away because Stetson Bennett was there. So I believe we only got four games of him last year. Really talented player. I think that he understands how to play quarterback really well. Uh, he knows yep. where he knows where to look. As someone who doesn't have a ton of experience already in college football, he already knows what defenses are doing. He understands where protection needs to go. He knows how to manipulate defenses with his eyes. He knows where the ball needs to go and whether it needs to come out quick or whether it's a timing route or whether to take a chance deep. He understands all of these things really, really well right now. Now, is he perfect, Adam? No, but you could see moments of it really clicking for him. I like the fundamentals. Doesn't have the best arm, but he does have a good arm, especially when it comes to touch deep yes. down the field. Yep. That is an area in which he stands head and shoulders above a lot of quarterbacks in this class. And touch, just like velocity, very tough to teach. It's an instinct that's in the back of your head. I think JT Daniels does it really well. So I'm going to go with him at four, five. All right, I'll go D.R. King. I'll go with my boy D.R. King. I like D.R. Right. a lot, and I'm rooting for him a lot. He's one of those players who I think is going to be older when he comes into the league as a first-year player. He's going to be about 24 years old, I, I believe, um, when he comes in as a rookie. So uh, the age is up there. The height is is going to be an issue because he's right about 5'11". I interviewed him uh, about a month and a half ago when I was out in L.A. And him and I were seeing about eye to eye, and I'm about 5'11 as well. So we're about the same height. I know the NFL is going to harp on that a little bit. But with a lot of these smaller players, I, I feel like they don't have the arm Derek does. Derek's got a great arm. I feel like he's got a rocket back there. And obviously he's a weapon with his legs as well, but he's matured his game from Houston, originally starting in Houston to the University of Miami to the point where, you know, even when he escapes the pocket, even when things break down, even when he's getting outside of the tackles, he's still looking upfield. He's still looking to make the bigger play, which I think shows a lot of maturity in a quarterback. Now, you know, the height's an issue, looking behind the defensive line and the things that you could do with them. And so I think he's going to be a little bit limited in that regard. I'm not so sure high, how high he's going to get drafted, but he's a good quarterback. I think he's a smart kid. And so I wanted to make sure that we got him on this list somehow because uh, I really am rooting for him. And he's fun to watch. Uh, he's kind of in that mold of Kyler Murray. Now, I don't think that he has the pure, like, raw talent that Kyler Murray does. Obviously, Murray going number one overall. I don't think that King has that path. But I do. he's exciting to watch. He's a ton of fun to watch. So, uh, all right, here, for my final player, uh, there are some guys that I could definitely consider in this spot. Guys that I do like. But I'm going to throw a little bit of a dart here. And I'm going to go with Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the okay. uh, quarterback out of UCLA. Uh, did you have a chance to watch him? Uh, I've watched a, a handful of his games. I've also got to interview him a couple of months ago as well. And so I, I know his background a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So I, he was a player that really impressed me on tape. Now, again, with a lot of these guys, I'll say, it, you know, he's got some things that he has to work on. But again, we're talking about tools and traits here. It's very similar to Desmond Ritter, where tools and traits that NFL teams are looking for at the quarterback position now. I mean, a rock solid arm that's able to drive throws into tight windows. You talk about that velocity. Uh, and he's also able to push the ball deep downfield. He also has solid mobility and athleticism. That allows him to create when the play breaks down. Uh, his main growing point right now, the thing that I took away from this, is that he he needs the game to slow down. And I think that this will come with more experience as he gets more familiar with defensive schemes. Like He's just trying to rush things. And he he, he has a tendency to not be able to recognize more complex coverages. Something that I noticed was that he, he doesn't 
he might have it like scripted ahead of time where he's going to go with the ball. So when a, de- a defender collapses into his zone, he just he's not able to pick it up right away. So I think being able to have a little bit more time here where he's able to recognize more of these complex coverages, just let the game slow down and come to him. Uh, he's got all the tools and traits to be able to make it to be really special. So Dorian Thompson Robinson here as my fifth player, my fifth quarterback. We'll wrap it up here. So for Trevor's team, you have Spencer Rattler, Carson Strong, the quarterback out of Nevada, Malik Willis out of Liberty, JT Daniels out of Georgia, and Derek King, quarterback out of Miami. For me, I've got Sam Howell, quarterback out of UNC, Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati, Phil Jerkovic out of Boston College, Matt Corral out of Ole Miss, and then I wrapped it up here with Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the quarterback out of UCLA. How do you feel about your team, man? No, I feel good. I feel good about the guys that I got. I'm happy with it. Got a lot of arm talent on the team. Uh, You got any words about any of the players that we left on the board before we get out of here? Yeah, so I was just about to ask you the same thing. Like, what what do you feel about these guys that we left off here? So a couple that jump out to me, uh, you know, Tanner Morgan out of Minnesota had a down 2020 after actually impressing in 2019. Uh, Keaton Slovis, we talked about him. Tyler Shuck, uh, where does Shuck play out of uh, Oregon? Well, Uh, now he's at Texas Tech, I think. Oh, did he? I didn't I think know that he, he yeah, transferred. I think he transferred to Texas Tech. The only other guy that I would talk about is Brock Purdy uh, out of Iowa State. He's been on my radar now for a couple of years, mm-hmm. and I wasn't super impressed with him in doing 2020 summer scouting. Came back. He's improved his athleticism quite a bit. I don't remember him being as shifty or having as much mobility to his game. Now, he doesn't have the arm strength that a lot of these other guys right, do, but right. that didn't that didn't hurt Mac Jones. You know, like He still went in the first round. So I think if Purdy can get back on track, and with Brees Hall, who we'll talk about here in the running back in the running back section, you're like if that offense can click, then Brock Purdy can take uh, can at least get himself on the radar. I was not a fan of what Tanner Morgan and Brock Purdy did last season. I mean, it, it was it was kind of discouraging. I thought that they both took steps backwards. Keaton Slovis does not have an NFL arm, man. He does uh, not. I, 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 I was I, not super impressed. Yeah, he's he truly has to be an assassin between the ears if he's going to make it in the NFL. Like he's got to have elite anticipation, touch, recognition, ball placement, everything. He's he's got to be like late stage Drew Brees to make it because right, I, I, right. I don't think that he has the arm to really make up for a lot of mistakes in the NFL. The only other guy that I want to mention before we get out of here, my big X factor of a player that I really liked before he got hurt and unfortunately hurt again is Michael Penix Jr., the quarterback from Indiana. Oh, I didn't watch him. I forgot to watch him. He's he is he's fun, man, and he has got a rocket of an arm. He reminds me a lot of Colin Kaepernick's style. Like he's got those long limbs, he's got the long legs, the long arm, the long throwing motion, but it's a rocket when it comes off of his hand. The problem with Penix is ACL tear his first year. I think shoulder injury his second year. ACL tear last year. Uh. It's just like it's just. He's he's becoming a broken player, and that just it hurts me because he's been so much fun to watch. Just do yourself a favor, pop on a couple of games of his, man. Yeah, You'll see what sure. I'm talking about. That that ball comes off his wrist like a rocket, and I wish that dude would stay healthy. So as far as overall takeaways, and we'll wrap this up here pretty quickly. But as far as overall takeaways and what the listeners need to know here from a dynasty perspective, as we look ahead to the 2022 class, because the main question that we get is how does it compare to previous classes? I would not put this class anywhere close to 2021. I don't know where you're at, but I don't think that there is a Trevor Lawrence, a a Trey Lance, you know, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields. I don't think that these guys come come into that same tier. Now, Rattler Rattler and uh, Howell can push themselves into that range, but I would still put, I think right now, all four of those guys above where I've got Howell and Rattler. Do you disagree? No, I mean, you know, when I compare this quarterback class to, 
previous ones, the one that it's close to is is 2019. Uh, and that's the one that had Daniel Jones, Dwayne Haskins, and Kyler Murray in it. And I, I don't know if it'll be that scarce, but it, it's not 2018. It's not 2019, even at the top. And it doesn't seem to be what we had last year in 2020. Well, we're, we're lacking. We're lot, and I'll I'll say this: we're lacking a lot of certainty, right? Because yeah. last year I think we were spoiled. Last year we knew we were getting Trevor Lawrence, we knew we were getting Justin Fields, Mac yep. Jones was coming up, uh, Zach Wilson was a massive bonus, and so it's like we had guys that we knew were going to be good, and I think that that really helped the conversation go and make us think that it was going to be a really good quarterback class this year. We just don't have that right now. Could it change a year from now? Yeah, maybe, but we definitely don't have the notable hundred percent home run names going into the season. There's a lot for a lot of these guys to work on. Yeah. It's a very deep class too, though. You know, like they're Howell and Rattler at the top. And then I've got guys that if you change one or two grades in my system, they bounce up to QB three, you know, like, so it's a very, very deep class. And we're just going to see. We're going to see which one of these guys can emerge because it's seemingly like every single year one of these guys does. The guys that we're not talking about, maybe we talked about them here in today's episode. Maybe we didn't. You know, they're going to emerge and we're going to be talking about them in round one of the 2022 NFL draft. All right, that'll do it for today's show. Thank you to Reality Sports Online for sponsoring today's podcast. If you guys want a more in-depth dive into some of these 2022 QBs, please go check out the Locked on NFL Draft podcast with Trevor Sikma and Benjamin Solak. These guys are doing fantastic work, taking a more in-depth dive than we can here. So if you want more of an in-depth dive from an NFL draft perspective, make sure that you go check that out. Trevor, anything else that you want to do, uh, want to talk about as far as promoting that summer scouting series before we get out of here? No, I mean, it's it's kind of going to be step by step with what we're doing here. And, you know, I'll be able to bounce a lot of thoughts off of Ben and then off of you. And I think that it's going to be some really great conversations back and forth between those two podcasts. I guarantee you guys, we're going to get you ready for this upcoming college football season. You're going to know exactly who to watch. You're going to know exactly how to watch them and how to plan for uh, for your dynasty and Debbie drafts. Oh, man, I'm getting so excited. We are so close to college football returning, to NFL football returning, man. I cannot wait. All right, for Trevor Sikama, I'm Kyle Yates, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Pros, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasypros. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.